0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Christianity. I would just like to say, first and foremost, I'm sorry for waiting so long. Uh, life has been a little tough right now, I'm not going to lie. Satan's really been after me. But the Lord is good and the Lord is faithful, so I'm here now. And I'm back. And we, and I got kind of a tough topic to to talk to you all about, but it's something that needs to be talked about. And, it's, and we're t- talking about the importance of the cross. And you say, Daniel, why would that be... An important topic or a tough topic. Well, you'll see. I'm just going to jump right in and just say, first and foremost, I love you guys. I love you so much. I want to tell you the truth. I don't want anybody to not hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. On this podcast, I don't want it to be shut down or anything. We're going straight to scripture and the scripture will be clear. The scripture will be clear. The book of Isaiah in chapter 64, verse 6 says that our righteousness are like, is like filthy rags. Or excuse me, it says our righteous acts are like filthy rags. So what does, that, what does that really mean? So first we have to define what righteousness is. So righteousness is the quality of being moral, right, or justifiable. So when it says our righteous acts are like filthy rags, what does that mean? So what that means is that our righteousness means nothing our pursuit theref- thereof means nothing so basically what i'm saying is that god is holy and anything else anything outside of god is not holy so if we try to pursue righteousness outside of god it means nothing to god because there's nothing on this earth that is righteous let me say it to you like this there are, there are qualities that every person should have no matter what faith they are what race they are what gender they are and what ethnicity they are and some of those things are integrity honesty, character, respect, that kind of thing. That is considered quote being a good human being unquote. But that doesn't mean much to the eyes of the Lord. And, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be those things. No, you should be those things. But I'm talking on a spiritual application, on a spiritual level to be holy, to be righteous and to pursue that to pursue that requires God. So let me say to you like this. There is a song lyric that I think Perfectly sums up what what I'm saying here, and this song was recorded by Lecrae, and the verse that was performed by Odd Thomas. I do not own the rights to any of this any of this material that I'm about to read. I own nothing of it. I'm not getting any money off of it. All of the rights go to Odd Thomas. So here we go. You probably have it all figured out, right? Like, you're the type that believes that if you act right, then that might make you righteous in God's sight. You've been a really good person. You followed the good book as much as you could. You probably don't go to this church as much as you should, but it's all good. I mean, you never really killed anybody. You never really steal from anybody. You never lusted much or did much touching of any bodies. You never used the Lord's name in vain. You... You respect your neighbor, you maintain peace, love your enemies, and do not hold on to anger. You really believe that you should receive God's favor by your good deeds and like behavior, but you're dead in your transgressions and need a savior. Because you can never win God's approval by the removal of sinful gastrations, Your righteous acts of removing God's wrath is, in fact, the biggest misconception. So let's break this down a little bit. What is he saying here? He says he, this verse is from the standpoint of somewhat, somebody who is justifying their own morality in the eyes of God, their own righteousness in the eyes of God. And he's trying, he or she is trying to justify how good they are by the acts that they do, meaning... They don't go to church as much as they should, but it's okay because they don't kill. They don't read the Bible as much as they should, but it's okay because they don't lust. They don't love as much as they should, but it's okay. And so, and so, Ah Thomas completely like drops a nuke on them by saying, You're still dead in your transgressions and need a savior. So, so this is pre cross. This is pre Jesus. What, what I'm talking about right now is pre Jesus. So, before Jesus, right, you are dead in your transgressions and need a savior. There's a difference between having Jesus as God and having Jesus as Savior. Let me explain the difference. If I was to release a poll, and this poll was to ask, what is God to you? And I sent it out to to a multitude of people. A lot of people believe in God. A lot of people believe in a concept of a God. They have a theological or an intellectual understanding that this world did not come from nothing. And so some people might say, I believe in Allah, which is the God of Islam. Some people might say, I believe in Brahman, which is, which is in Buddhism slash, uh, I believe, in, like Hinduism. Uh, they believe in, in all kinds of things. Like they have their opinions because they have an intellectual understanding. However, they do not follow that God. But when you say Jesus is my savior, that implies that you follow him. That implies that you know him more than just, just God. He is your savior. And so the point that uh, Thomas is making in this verse and what scripture is saying in Isaiah is that your actions outside of God mean nothing. If you're trying to please God by your actions and you don't have, and you don't know Jesus on a personal level, it doesn't mean anything. Let me prove it to you. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says, this is the red letters. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter to the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I, being Jesus, declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. When I first read the scripture, it chilled me to my bones and it honestly scared the mess out of me. I didn't understand. So let's break it down. What Jesus is saying here is that he doesn't want your religious habit. Because think about the Pharisees. The Pharisees were supposed to be the religious leaders, right? They were supposed to be the synagogue leaders. They were the ones who were leading the mass gathering. So that would be in our day, like the pastors and the assistant staff members and stuff like that. But think about it. Jesus attacked them every single time he saw them. He called them brood of vipers. He called them sons of hell. He spoke red hot scorching words to these Pharisees. Why? Because it was a show to them. They didn't care about the people. They didn't care about, about fulfilling God's law. They pretended to fulfill God's law to make themselves look holy and righteous. And and Jesus didn't want that. He didn't want that. And so that's why he said, I never knew you. And so you can say, did I not worship on stage for you, do I not lead worship for you? Did I not lead a church for you? Did I not lead a a ministry for you, even if it wasn't a part of a church? And God's gonna say, depart from me. I never knew, because the thing is, is that on Judgment Day, which is when he says on that day, he refers to Judgment Day. Um, what what he means by that is this is not a a good behavior policy like jail. This is not a minimum requirements policy like community service. Jesus is not going to look at you and say, did you pray 40 hours a week? Did you pray five hours a day? Did you serve in your church? Did you do this? Did you do that? No, come on in. No, he didn't say any of that. Do I know you is the question that Jesus is most likely going to ask. I'm not going to speculate. The scripture is not clear. I'm not going to speculate on that. I don't want to misquote scripture, but it is conferring from this scripture right here. It is possible that that will be the question on judgment day. And so your actions before Jesus don't mean much. And so this pushes us to the cross. This pushes us to the cross. You see, when we understand that we that there's nothing that we can do and we're dead in our sin, and that there's no amount of praying and there's no amount of going to church, and there's no amount of these things that, did, that to make us be pleased with God, that should be eye-opening. It should be enlightening, you know, and also a little bit terrifying. And so let's, now let's go to the cross. Jesus understood, or understood what I'm saying to you, got sacrificed on the cross. Before he sacrificed his life on the cross, he understood that we were dead in sin. And, and if you looked in the Old Testament, there had to have been blood spilling of any of some kind. There was a lamb that ha, had to be slain, and there had to be sacrifices to God in the Old Testament. And it was like rollover sin, basically. Like we used to have rollover minutes back in the day. It used to be, like, okay, we're good till next year it's not that way anymore. Because you also have to understand back in the Old Testament, God's presence was only in the holies of holies in the temple. You know, we can go to church today and, and, and feel the presence of God and just know that he's in the room and know that he's working on our behalf and we can feel that good feeling that accompanies the presence of God. However, back in the Old Testament, they didn't they didn't get that. And the whole people in the holies of holies, when the are only the priests to go in from the holies of holies, and they used to have to tie a, a a rope around their waist because sometimes if you want it was the presence of god was so saturated in that place if you had any kind of sin you were dead and they had to be pulled out by the rope and so it was a very big deal in the old testament and so when jesus came along saying my children are dead in their sin and there's nothing that they can do to please my father i have to stand in the gap and that's what he did he bared the weight of the sin of the world on on his shoulders and he took that sacrifice for us so there's two things that jesus said on the cross That baffled me when I was younger. The first was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the other was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Let's break those down. The first, the first phrase, I always thought that he was only talking to the Roman guards. Father, forgive them, the Roman guards, for they know not what they, the Roman guards, do, being, putting the Son of God on the cross to die. And so, but we understand, right? And we agree, Among all denominations is the commonly accepted theology that Jesus bore the sins of the world. So my sin, your sin, your kid's sin, your kid's sin, sin. So if that's the case, you can conclude that when Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was not only referring to the Roman guards, he was referring to us. He was referring to us as well. He was referring to all the sins that we were going to commit All the pornography videos that we were going to watch, all the sexual encounters before marriage that we were going to have, all the times that we touched his name in vain, all the times that we we said something that we shouldn't have or did something that we shouldn't have. God said, forgive them for they know not what they do. He stood in the gap for us. The other thing that Jesus said was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God is so holy. And so righteous that he can't even bear to look upon sin. He can't even bear to lay eyes on sin because he is so holy and sin is so disgusting and goes against God. So when Jesus was on the cross, God literally had to turn his back on his son and forsake him because he bore the sin of the world. And so every Easter, without fail, there's always somebody. There's always somebody that gets up teary eyed and, and snot nosed and stuff. He's like, it should have been my hands where the nails were. And don't even, I'm not mocking. It should be. I mean, it should have been our nails. 100% should have been our hands where the nails were. But what we really deserved was not only the nails, but the shunning from God. And that's why I'm taking the time to try to explain this to y'all. Is because it took me years to understand this, and I'm still trying to process and go through this. But before Jesus, we would have had that shunning. If Jesus had not sacrificed himself on the sin, there would have been nothing that we could have done. Because our righteousness is like filthy rags. There's nothing that we can do to be pleasing to God because we are inherently filled with sin. Sin is so disgusting that God even can't even look at us. And so now when Jesus looks upon us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus's sacrifice that is the beauty and the glory of the cross is because now we can experience his presence and we don't have to say that our righteousness is like filthy rats, because we have help from the holy spirit to help us live right and live righteous and to pursue righteousness and to pursue holiness we cannot be perfect but now that jesus sacrificed himself we can pursue right living we can pursue holiness and we can pursue godliness and we can enter into heaven because when Jesus says, "Do I know you?" we can say yes, but now not only that, Jesus' sacrifice paid the price for our sin and so that's why people like the thief on the cross next to Jesus was able to go into paradise because Jesus was sacrificing himself. we can we can say to ourselves, we can say to ourselves, or we can preach that verse in church in first John. Saying that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Before that, we were dead on arrival. Before that, we had not a chance. But now, since Jesus sacrificed himself, we have a chance. We we have a chance to pursue righteousness and we have an opportunity to receive God and to have our lives completely transformed by his gospel and his message and his hope and his peace and his joy and his freedom. We can choose to take that on. Then we can also claim scriptures like in Romans 6 where it says, but now we can, can claim scriptures of ourselves like in Romans eight thirty eight, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present, nor future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know about this Christianity thing. I don't have it all together. You're in good company. You didn't go back to a couple of episodes and listen to to my testimony and my story and all the stuff that I've been through. Think about the thief on the cross. like he was literally being crucified for a crime. If he was a thief, he probably wasn't the best person, but yet he but yet he was able to come into paradise because of the glory of the cross. and now he can't be separated from Jesus. What I'm saying to you is that you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all right. You don't have to have it all together. You can be in a mess. You can be in the middle of sin. I'm not condoning sin. I'm not being soft on it. But you can come to Jesus. And that's the flip side of what I was saying in the first half of the podcast. Since our righteousness is like filthy rags, Jesus took the price for our sins. And so now we don't have to live up to a certain standard to be pleasing to God. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you can live any way that you want to. The point that I'm making is that it's not like you can be a mess and come to Christ. You don't have to get it fixed first. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that you can live reckless and live any kind of way you want to. What I'm saying is is that you can be addicted to pornography. You could be have a body count that's super high. You can get drunk and high all the time and still come to God because he paid the price and we don't have to live up to a standard of righteousness to, to, to come to Christ. But then once you come to Christ, you're, you're expected to be sanctified and to move away from your sin. But the point that I'm making is that you can have, you don't have to have it all together because our righteousness is like filthy rags. And that's why we have to live up, live up to God's standards and pursue his righteousness. And so I hope that that is encouraging to y'all that that the beauty of the cross that the beauty of the cross is very important that the beauty of and the importance of the cross is very very important. I hope y'all fully understand the sacrifice that Jesus made now and I hope that y'all really can understand the sacrifice here. And if, if you are listening to this and like I said, y'all y'all don't have it all together, please don't turn from God. If, if you want to come to God, but you're too afraid because you don't have it all figured out and you're a mess and you're living in sin and all kinds of stuff and you're living in, in all kinds of stuff. It's okay. God got you because he paid, he paid the price for you. I like the way John Piper said, he said, God looked upon me for seeing my son, my pride, my failure and my sin and said, I want that man in my family. I want that woman in my family. I will pay for them to be in my family with my son's life. I don't know of any other greater expression of love. I don't know of any other greater expression of love. And the thing is, is that Jesus saw your sin. He saw all the times that I was going to watch pornography. And the disgustingness that I have pressed play on. He saw all the times that you were going to mess up. He saw all the videos that you were going to watch. He saw all the times that you were going to hook up with somebody. He saw all the times that you were going to get drunk or high. And do something that you're not supposed to. Or get angry and do something, something that you're not supposed to. He saw all of that and he said I want you. In my family. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your gift of of the sacrifice on the cross. Lord, I pray that you would bless this, this message, that people would be able to hear and experience your love, that they would know you for who you are, God, that they would not just serve you out of religious habit, but they would know you that they would cherish your gift on the cross. Help us as we go through our our weeks and our days going forward, God. And if we're struggling, Father, help us. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. I love you guys. And so I just wanted to tell you all the truth. I pray that you don't misunderstand what I said, but really heard. Final thought. Remember this, for neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor present nor future, nor powers or heights or death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Pray that y'all be safe, and if you need any prayers or questions answered, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I love y'all. God bless.